You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for Jesus who is enthroned as our Lord. We thank you for the presence of his spirit in this place. We thank you by that same spirit, utterance has been granted to speak your word in accuracy, with simplicity, and in power. And we thank you, our hearts are established in the grace of God in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may all be seated. I want to thank you once again for inviting me for your convention. All right, let's turn to the book of First Peter, I believe, First Peter. This convention is about the living word of God. And yesterday we started speaking about the four different um, types of prayer and the process that is involved in that. All right, from First Peter, um, Second Peter, chapter one and verse sixteen. I want to look at the place of the living word as I con- concentrate on that prayer of consecration and a dedication that produces the knowledge of God's will, what has been referred to this evening as the light of God. That the Bible says that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep, and then God said, let there be light. And then after light was now created, the spirit of faith now took over where God started speaking forth in to matter the existence of things. So look at that creation of light on the inside of us. How it's created within us as we face or we begin to pray, just to make us understand this, we'll just use a practical example of you having a project that is before you, a dream that you have now committed unto God, and therefore you are on that journey of faith. Like we said yesterday, first thing that you want to do is to spend some time Praying the prayer of consecration in order for you to know what the will of God is in the matter. But I just want to take us this evening through certain um, um, the practice of it. What really happens in that journey and how you respond correctly to it. Now, Peter was saying something just before he went home to be with the Lord. And these were the final words of Peter to the church. And in verse 12, he said, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of those things. Though you know these things, and though you are established in the present truth, I think it meet or proper as long as I am in this body 
to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle even as the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. So Jesus had shown Peter that he was sooner going to leave the earth. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my disease, to know these things or to have these things always in remembrance. So Peter said, in order for them to always have it in remembrance, I am writing this letter so you can always read it. For you have not followed, or we have not followed, cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you. Now Peter was saying something strong here. That Christianity is not a cunningly devised fable. It is not something that we just fashioned out and just tried to build a doctrine. But we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him on the holy mountain. But now he was telling them something. That Jesus Christ received power and glory through that voice. And we were there physically with him when that voice was heard. And there was a transference of honor and glory through those words. But what we are saying, this is what Peter is saying here, that we have a more sure word of prophecy. Which means that there is something that is more certain than that voice we heard from heaven. When we heard that voice, it was a loud voice. It was dramatic. But there is something on the earth that is available to you that will transfer that same honor and glory into your own life. That this is the basis of this faith. That is not a cunningly devised fable. It's not just some theory that we have worked out, but the power and the glory of God is contained in this. That we have a more sure word of prophecy Whereunto you will do well that you take heed unto it as a light. Note that, that shineth in a dark place. It is not a light that shines in a bright place. But it's a light that shines in a dark place. Which means it's almost like a light that comes on when darkness sets into your life. So once the days of darkness seemingly set in, this light will shine forth in a, a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arises 
inside your heart. One thing you must understand was that when Jesus was born, they saw the stars in his star in the heavens, which were the wise men. Then they decided to follow natural order and entered into the house or the palace of Herod the king. The minute they entered the palace of Herod, the star disappeared. When they came out of Herod's palace, the star appeared again, and then they followed that star to the physical manifestation, which was Jesus. And when we depend on men, what happens and we enter into the palaces of men, the day star on the inside disappears. It is as we depend upon God and this principle here. Because a lot of times once darkness sets in, we run into the place of power, naturally speaking, instead of knowing that, that's when the light of God comes on. And he says, knowing this first, now this is what you must do, that no prophecy of scripture is of private interpretation. Which means that once the darkness sets, this is all you're needed to know for you to operate in that light. You cannot manipulate the prophecy. Every situation a man gets himself or woman in, there is a prophetic word for that situation. That word is of no private interpretation, which means that what God has designed for that situation is what is described in that word of prophecy. You cannot make it say what you want it to say. It says what God intends to happen. So the spirit of surrender is the gateway to revelation. Which means if I will accept what God intends, I will hear what he is saying. If I will surrender my will unto him, his light will dawn in that situation. That no prophecies of private interpretation, but it tells us, for prophecy came not of old by the will of man, but holy men spoke as they were moved, the Bible says, with the Holy Ghost. The same way the Spirit of God moved over the face of the deep, when darkness covered the face of the deep, and God said, let there be light, the Spirit also is moving. And this one, look at this evening, where God now wants to create light on the inside of you. So once you start out with this vision, with this goal, this thing that you intend, all right, deep down on the inside of yourself, and you start offering up prayer unto God, in the process of manifestation, it will get dark before light dawns. Which means that as God begins to lead you, and here is where a lot of people miss out on things and abort what is going on. Before you get to the promised land, your God will lead you into the wilderness. It wasn't the devil that led Jesus into the wilderness. The Spirit of God 
led him into the wilderness, but when he was there, he was tempted of the devil. Now, what happens is that God leads you into a situation, but then the devil comes to tempt you to make you think that he is the one that is in control here and that it is his own program that is going on in this particular place and therefore wants you to abort what God is doing by thinking that God is not in control. Now we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, how we have the manifestation of the sons of God. But what you need to understand is no prophecy of scripture is by, let's say, none. No prophecy of scripture came by the will of man. Which means that Abraham did not. Yes, they saw this. Abraham did not will to become a father of many nations. It was in the program of God. These things are not willed by you. What you have willed, and there's nothing wrong with this, is that you might have willed. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. We are not taking you, taking you out of the picture, all right? We are not taking your goal out of the picture in order for the kingdom of God to be made manifest. We are not taking away your individuality in order for Christ to be seen on the inside of you. Christ wants to be made manifest in your own life. When they asked the famous gospel singer, come on, his most powerful song, he said it's this one because it has all of me and all of God. If you sing all about Jesus, but you are not there, it won't be powerful. Jesus wants to manifest himself in your own individuality, which means that if you have a dream to be a billionaire, God is not disturbed or intimidated by that. All we are saying is that the word and the will of God will come to pass in your life. There is no problem with you building your own house. All he's saying is, I will help you to build that house if you decide to build my own house. Which means both houses will be built together. Your dream will be fulfilled but God's dream will be fulfilled also inside your own dream. So there will be a margent of your own will. That's why Jesus said, you will ask what you will and it shall be done of my father. But his words will abide in you, which is, your father knows you have need of these things, but seek ye first his kingdom. He won't take those things away, but those things shall be what? Added unto you. So all we are saying is that you are going through the process now to discover destiny. Are you following what I'm saying here? You understand this? So if you raise up and start praying now about certain things, God will lead you into certain places so that he will be able to give birth in your own life to his own child within you. Now look at Romans chapter 8. I will get into something this evening. Look at Romans chapter 8 here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. Or verse 16. For the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, 
that we may be what glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of creation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now don't forget this. The whole of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The reason is that the whole of creation was made subject to vanity not willingly. Which means that creation has been made subject to certain things which are vain and purposeless as far as they are concerned and it was against their will. So you will be made subject to things that you will consider as vanity against your own will. Which means if they were going to ask you, is this the way you want it to happen? No. Is this the pathway that you have chosen? No. Jesus, they asked him, is this your will to go to the cross? No. Which means he was made subject to what? Vanity against his own what? Will. Which meant that he didn't want to go through it. This is the key to the manifestation of the sons of God. Once you are made subject to what you consider as vanity against your own will, it has been done in hope. Which means that God has a greater expectation over your life. The minute Abraham was made subject to vanity, which means that Sarah couldn't have a child, it was done in the hope of something else. The minute you are going through certain things and you are made subject to vanity, there is a greater hope that is contained in this. Let me give this example here. There was this particular individual who was working for an insurance company and he was an African-American. And this is about committing things unto God. And he was working in this company and suddenly there was an exercise of promotion. Now, we all agree, we agree this. Promotion doesn't come from the, but it comes from who? Go. All right. So if they promote everybody beside you except you, it came from who? Well, you didn't answer now. It's God. So it's God that left you out. Do you understand? You said promotion comes from God. You agree? Listen. Nebuchadnezzar went into the wilderness for seven years to learn one lesson. That God reigns in the affairs of men and he gives the kingdom to whosoever he wills. So if the man beside you is promoted, God reigns in the affairs of men and he gives the kingdom to whosoever he wills. Do you agree with what I'm saying here? Therefore, if he gave to somebody first, don't forget, sing, O barren, that did not bear, for many more are the children of the... Do you understand what I'm saying here? 
That is what you must understand. Now, this is how the manifestation, you say, there's what is called spiritual abortion, which means that you terminate the pregnancy before the time in which it should come out. And a lot of people, when they are going through the process, abort the program of God because they don't understand what's going on. And this man, listen, and it always happens this way. When the promotion happened in the office, his boss left, and therefore he was next in line. They took somebody lower than him and promoted that person above him, which meant that he was made subject to vanity against his own what? Will. And anytime something happens against your will as a Christian, it's because the will of God is about to come to pass. And that will of God is not known to you. And what will happen is that the Son of God will be made manifest. And what that will do is that the whole of creation is waiting for the manifest. Listen, there are, you go through things not because of yourself, but because of others. That's why Paul said that we went through this that we might be able to comfort them by the comfort that we have received. So there are many things that will happen in your life that is not even directly concerned with the fulfillment of just that goal, but it's to give you a greater assignment in life. Now, when they promoted, now listen to this, they promoted that man, he got angry. And he looked at it and said, because he's black, that's why they promoted the man. And he was right. So he saw his lawyer, and his lawyer said, we can sue, and if we sue, you will win the case. And he said, let's go to court. So he decided to go to court. He now came back. One evening, he came to church, and a guest minister, John Bever, was preaching in their church, and he spoke about offense, the rock of offense. All right? And, you know, we can all start out with thanksgiving. Saying Jesus is Jesus. But if Jesus doesn't show up, how and when we want him to show up? Listen, John the Baptist said, this is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. John introduced Jesus and recognized him first. When John entered into prison and Jesus didn't come, John told his people, go and ask, is that Jesus Christ or is there another, you understand what I'm saying here? Which means that you can start with thanksgiving, God is good, but things will happen. Bible says of Lazarus, the one that Jesus loved. This work is a dangerous work. The deeper you get into God, the more the test comes. The more God knows you can handle, the more he exposes you. Are you following what I'm saying here? Look. I'm just saying the pathway to manifestation. When Jesus God comes into a place, they said one man, he hugged one man. The other, he shook the other. The last one, he waved. They said, you love that one the most that you hug. He said, I hugged him because he is carnal. If I don't hold him close, he might not know I love him. The one that loved me the most, I waved and I walked on. Are you following what I'm saying here? So after that, he came to an offense and decided to commit it to God. Took the papers out of court and prayed and committed the matter unto God. After about a year, another company came to meet him 
and said to him, we want to give you, let's assume he was to be raised to become the manager of the state. We want you to be the whole manager of the southern region of the United States. He said, I have been working in this other company. All right, let's say company B offered him a job. He said, no, I am staying because I'm working in company A and I'm okay. You know, none of that. My pension, everything is intact. I don't want to destabilize my career. And he rejected their own offer. Then they told him, think about it. Talk to your wife about it. Come on Monday, we meet at one o'clock and let's discuss again. So he had forgotten about it. On Monday morning, he woke up while he was brushing his teeth, he remembered. Told the wife that, listen, maybe you should go together. They want to offer me this job, but I'm not taking the job. So he and his wife decided that what are we going to say when we want to reject the job? They decided that we will multiply our, your salary by four and tell them this is what you want to earn. Now when they hear it, they will run away. So when they got to the meeting, the other company now was about to make their offer. They said, before you talk, let's just tell you what we're about to give you. They pushed it to them. It was the exact figure that they wanted to use to scare them away. So they exclaimed and said, ha! So those ones thought it wasn't enough. So they pulled it back and changed it to five times the figure and then sent it back. Listen, when he got it, do you think that if a promotion is made to another Christian in church and they said, I'm exempted, won't he say you are subjected to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him that subjected you in the hope of something else? What we want to find out is what that hope is. Do you get what we're saying here? So listen, you are blessed if something goes wrong. Look, wait, 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 wait. Hear what I'm telling you? Because this is what, this is the trap of Christians. In 1 Peter, it says they were offended at the place of assignment. Every divine visitation comes as an offense to the flesh. Listen, the birth of Jesus was on this wise. Which means this is how Jesus gets born into the life of a person. This is how the word of God gets born. Mary was, you think about it, to Joseph. And then she was with child for three months. Which means that jo Jesus came into the life of Joseph. This is how Jesus came. Imagine you are engaged. After three months, look, how many people can survive that? After three months, the person you are engaged to, that you have kept yourself, comes with some protrusion and then you say, what's going on here? She says, the angel. Now, now this won't happen again. No. So don't, don't say that. This will happen in my case because it ain't happening again, once and for all. But I'm just saying, think about it. The angel of the Lord came to me and I've conceived a child. I mean, Joseph heard the story. But you know what? The Bible says that Joseph, being a righteous man, decided to put her away privately and not publicly. But look at, while he thought on these things, before you make any decision when something offends come, take some time to think on it. Bible says the righteous man ponders. It says while he thought on it, the angel of the Lord appeared. Which means that while he was thinking in his thought life, light dawned. That if you put her away, this situation that is offensive, 
you are putting away Jesus Christ from your lineage. Are you following me saying here? This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.